0: Um, where's the... Jordan. Oh, hello! Welcome to Echo Online! Discover a local giving... <laughs> local church where you'll find the community and the support that you have been looking for.
1: And I think what he was trying to say was a life-giving local church, yeah. and we are that. So, is... so join us local. for services at Mayo. We host them mm-hmm. on Sundays at 9, 15, yes. or 10, 45. We're eager to meet mm. you and extend a warm welcome. To the Echo Church. Mm.
0: At Echo, we hope you'll find your place experiencing a true sense of belonging. We hope you'll find your people building a friend building friendships and finding support. Yep. But most importantly, at Echo, we want to help you discover your unique purpose in life. We believe that this is what we're all seeking and we can't wait to share it with you. Yes.
1: As always, check out the Echo Weekly Email to see what's happening at Echo.
0: 2 Corinthians 9-7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Actually, now with that time. Yes. Let us be people who take God at his word. Mm -hmm. Let us be generous, calculated, and celebratory givers to God's church. Celebrity givers. Or celebratory. Either are fine. It's a really
1: hard word. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we invite you into... The generous life by heading to our website or Venmo us at We Are The Echo
1: Church. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo online, online service. service.
0: Good
2: morning, Echo. Let's stand and worship together.
3: echo. (laughs) Hey, we're so glad you're here. I, I don't know, man. I was just sitting there this morning during first hour, and I was thinking about the song that we were singing, The Lord I Submit, and so many thoughts came up into my mind, and one of them being... Uh, The story of Exodus, and I'm going to return back to the story of Exodus, uh, but I kind of want to do a little sidebar here. Uh, One of the modern day issues of Bible reading, and it's probably not even just modern day, it's just reading the Bible. Um, A lot of us carry the idea that it is their story when it's really meant to be written being our story. Uh, Let me say this, my story. So many of us will, will open up scripture and we'll read it and we'll be like, man, like, man, they're sad, you know, like, oh man, they're pathetic, man, like, like I wouldn't have done that if I was in that situation. I mean, at least I, I don't know about you, but I'd have done that in the past. And what I want to encourage you today is this, is when we read scripture, you no longer read it as their story and you read it as your story. And I'll tell you, it starts transforming your life from the inside. Out. Now let me go back to Exodus over here. Exodus, okay, so, so God is, is seeing the troubles, right, and the bondage of the Israelites in the midst of Egypt. And life is not going well, and they're crying out to God. And God says, you know what, I hear the cries of my people, and I am going to Exodus them out of Egypt and, and one of the misunderstandings of the exodus is that God took them out of exodus for their freedom and I, I have a problem with the word freedom because I think the word freedom is just so hard to understand. I believe that God is in the businesses, uh, business of creating not freedom, all encompass freedom for you but he, he wants to keep revealing freedoms to you. And that God wants to continue to exodus you out of the bondage and the things that are holding you down. But guess what? It's not just so that you're free in that area. He frees you in specific areas to bring you on this other side so that you might worship him. I'm telling you, when when they were crying out to God and, and Moses was addressing Pharaoh and the leadership, he wasn't saying like, free my people and stop there. He said, free my people so that they might be able to worship God. And if you're not hearing what I'm spraying today, it's this, is yes, God wants you to experience freedoms, but he gives you those freedoms so that you return back and you become the worshiper that God has called you to be. And some of you are sitting here and you're like, I can't worship God. It's so hard for me to submit because I'm not quite free. Well, guess what you do? You call out to God now and I guarantee you keep calling out to God. God will bring you to the place of freedom, to a place of full understanding of what that worship was when you weren't free. I believe they heard God's or God heard the cry of his people, not because they remained silent, but because they were crying out to God. And if you're crying out to God, guess what you're doing? You are participating with what worship is that interaction and that remain and that drawing towards God. And so I don't know, maybe you needed to hear that today. That's free. That wasn't even in my notes. So uh, anyway, send me a bill later, I guess. But um, here's the deal. We are in a series called The Good Life, and I've been loving it. We're going methodically through First John chapter 2, and, and I love, I love how Christy uh, brought the word last week. Does anybody agree? Christy just killed it. Uh, but I got a bone to pick. Here's the deal. Like, like I gave her First John 12 to 29 and she quit it at 17 and has given me the difficult task of talking about what we're about to, ta- uh, about to talk to. So if you have your Bibles, open up to First John 2, 18. It's a longer portion of scripture that I'm going to read, but just follow along. And, and, uh, and I- I'm hoping that the Lord really grabs a hold of your heart today. In your life, Uh, First John chapter two verse eighteen says, "Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. And now many Antichrists have come; they're already here. Uh, And this is how we know this is the last hour. And let me just pause really quickly." And, and, and I reminded us at the beginning of the series that the book of Revelation is known for being the, about the end times. It's known for the, this apocalypse and the revelation and 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 all these crazy things that are going to go happen. And then also we assume that, like we hear a lot about the antichrist, but actually the antichrist and the concept of it is really presented a little bit more clearly here in First John. And so this is where we are, okay? So the Antichrist is coming. And oh, by the way, there are many Antichrists that have already come along. So let me just tell you this. Antichrist, you know what it is? It's like people that are going anti in the direction of God. And in a simple term and understanding, it's people who are trying to draw other people the other way from where God's trying to lead them. Or Jesus is trying to lead us. Okay, so verse 19, it says this. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them actually belonged to us verse 28 or 20 uh, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth you are anointed with the Holy Spirit and you know the truth and I do not write to you because you do not know the truth but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth verse 22 who is the liar? it is whoever denies that jesus is the christ that jesus is the messiah that jesus is the way such a person is a antichrist denying the father and the son and no one who denies the son has the father whoever acknowledged the son has the father also and as for you see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you if it does you will remain in the son and You also remain in the Father. And this is what he has promised. Eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, now let me just pause there. Now, dear children, I mean, God could have used any other term, but I am so thankful that God continues to remind us that, that, that we aren't just a sinner and that we're a failure and we're screw-ups, but he consistently reminds us that we are his children. And now children continue in him so that when he appears, he may be con- that we might be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. And if you know that he is righteous, then you know that everyone who does what is right is, has been born of him. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Thank you, Christy, for stopping at the Antichrist. <laughs> um, as I was processing and praying and thinking through uh, what I would maybe, in an essence, commentate from this portion of Scripture. Um, I thought about three talking points Uh, I think it's worth talking a little bit about the antichrist and the end times number two what we're going to talk about is the promises that are portrayed within this message that we just read and then just a simple reminder so the antichrist and end times the promises and a reminder now let's just talk about the antichrist and end times Can, can we just get a little real here with you, with these topics, with these topics, there is so much misinformation. There is so much fear and deception and ignorance over these topics in the modern day church. And, and some of you are like, yeah, I get it, I get it. Like, man, I Googled that, or I went on YouTube and I, and I found that. And although there are some great resources on the YouTube, uh, there is some things that are just evidently mis- leading and um and, and not to say that the antichrist and the end times a lot of it is written in this book called Revelation and it's a certain type of literature that that is very difficult very difficult to interpret and understanding and it's very prophetic in nature and 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 honestly like you kind of th- think about it like God is showing Uh, the writer all these things and, and all these things he might have never ever seen and now he's got to interpret it to a context or a culture that that has never really seen what that person might be seeing and therefore it just gets confusing and and I don't know about you but I grew up in a church and they talked about the end times and Jesus coming back all the time which by the way he is okay we're not doubting that but like all the subtle nuances of the end times and the antichrist and the mark of the beast and, and, and it didn't help that like, like when I was really pursuing Jesus and really seeking after him a book called, came out called Left Behind and the movie series followed and I'm telling you what like I watched some of those things and I was like oh no you know like is that going to happen tomorrow and then you hang out with some people that are really into conspiracies and, and they can bring you down a whole rabbit trail and it's And and that all kind of like tattered with my childhood. In my childhood, I watched a movie from 1972 that's called The Thief in the Night. And I'll tell you what, that changed my life. I am not a person that watches a movie more than once. I really am. I just kind of get... Uh, annoyed uh, by watching it the second time. So I just don't. Uh, But this movie, I don't know what happened. I had it on VHS. Come on, somebody. And I watched that thing over and over and over and again, again. And I can just tell you this. I had so many nightmares because I thought I was left behind. I have vivid imagery of some of the scenes within that movie as a young, pliable, young boy. Like, man, it just really grabbed a hold of my mind and my thoughts. And then I went to church, and I, it wasn't the pastors. or I really don't think the pastors were misinterpreting scriptures. It was me mishearing maybe some of the things that were happening. And, and then I heard about the thing called the rapture, which came out of that. You can kind of really hear that and see that through the movie. And so like I thought I was going to be left behind. And I remember going home, one particular day from school. And when I got there, I had expected my mom, my dad, or my brother at least to be there. And none of them were there. And we didn't have any cell phones. And for a good 30 minutes, man, I was trying to think like, how am I going to evade the mark of the beast? And what is it in the first place? Come on, somebody. Like, like, like man, I it was just so, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is this, is, man, if you're not careful in these topics, the Antichrist and the end times, man, man, misinformation and fear can just absolutely drive you. And, and, um, and again, like I've been around the church for many, many, many moons at this point that, to just understand that I've been a part of a lot of conversations where people are trying to figure out, like, when, Je- when is he coming back? When Jesus, when is he going to come back? And-, and who's the Antichrist anyway? <laughs> and I know some of you've had conversations. Where you're like, I know who the Antichrist is. It's Donald Trump. And if it's not him, it's Putin, right? Come on, somebody. Or, or Zelensky, and then-, and then that takes you somewhere. And they're like, No, it's got to be President Biden. And if it's not him, it's Bluey. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's got to be Bluey. If you know, if you know, um, if you don't, then have a child, and your life will change forever. So, but there's a little bit of attention because it's like you see things, see these in, things in scripture, and 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 there are some concepts that like I believe that we really should like allow God to to speak to us, but we have this propensity when we're reading scripture. To not bring it in context is like, like, what is he saying to me? And we start thinking that he's writing to somebody else. Did you, did you hear what I said? Like so often we're thinking about like, who is the Antichrist? Forgetting that there might be a few characteristics of the Antichrist that are within our own life and lifestyle and our mind and our thoughts. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And, and, and guess, it, you know, it's like some of you are sitting here and you're like you're legitimately concerned about the end times and, and what that means to you. And are you going to go up in the rapture or does the rapture even exist? And, and, and you're concerned about it. Yet I understand that being a new church, there's a lot of people you've, that are here in the room that you've not heard any of this at all. And you didn't even know what, what it all could mean, and, and, uh, and, and as I was thinking about that kind of uh, really um, polar opposites, I was just thinking, like, you know, you, you can really go online and find some really funny um, assessments out there, and you can find some really crazy resources, and I happened to stumble upon this one resource that could be maybe helpful for us as we ask some hard questions about the Antichrist and end times. So check out this video.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm Horton. Welcome to my unique assessments channel. Today's assessment, A-Y-T-A-C assessment. Are you the Antichrist? <laughs> so get a pen and paper out and follow along and uh, g- gin's ears. Uh, paper's that stuff made from trees? All right, let's get into the test. Four deciding factors. Let's get right to the point here. If you say yes to all of these, you just might be the Antichrist. Okay, so first question, are you here now? Because the Bible says the Antichrist is amongst us. So if you're here now, watching my video, ooh, you might have to check yes. Not a good start, one of four. We'll keep going though. Number two, are you a liar? Gotcha, because if you said no, you're lying. Here's the fine print. It says if you've ever cheated, or participated in a white lie, you are a liar. Sorry, once a liar, always a liar. Question three, do you struggle with church commitment? And right here it says that you didn't buy the latest church merch, hmm, because they ran out of your size. What size? Size liar. Lastly, do you deny Jesus as your savior? Whoo, the Bible tells me not to judge, but you missed three out of four. I can't help but tell you you're 75% Antichrist. Thanks for watching the episode. Press like and subscribe and share this with all of the Antichrists in your life. Make sure to come back next week and check out my video on the Mark of the Beast assessment. Because you gotta know.
3: Uh, I I digress a little bit there. But um, I I actually joke because I want to make this point. I, I think it's a joke that we get so worked up on something that we cannot control. Like, we just can't control it. Like, I don't know who the Antichrist is, and I don't know when he's coming. And so, why are we freaked out about it? Why are we so worried about it? And, and, and a, a, again, like, um, you know, just, just for a disclaimer, I really don't think... That you're three quarters antichrist okay so (laughs) that was supposed to make you laugh and about three quarters of you laugh so (laughs) so now i'm wondering about the one quarter but uh but uh, i really want to make this point clear uh and i think there's a warning within this is 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 don't be tricked and i think with this topic and this conversation uh, it is one of the tactics of the enemy to change your focus and to just deter that in, in a direction. And, and I believe the enemy wants to trick you into looking so far forward that you forget about how to live effectively today. Did you hear what I say? Like, that's the tactic of the enemy. He wants to, he literally wants to to like get into your life and your mind when you're reading 1 John and he wants you to look so far forward in fear that you cannot live in the best life and the good life that he's created for you today. And and let me just talk to some young people in the room here. Honestly, I had an extreme difficult time between the ages of 18 and 23 to live in the now. Because I feel like I was, in essence, program, and I feel like the culture almost does that. Because like, when you're in middle school, they start asking you, like, hey, man, you're excited to get to high school, and then you get to high school, and then you start getting the question, like, hey, what do you, where do you want to go to college, or what do you want to do? And then you get to college, and, and then all of a sudden, the question is, like, well, who are you going to marry? And, and when you get married, it's, oh, how many kids do you want? And then it's weird, because there's a little bit of a void until you're retired, and say, like, when are you going to retire? You know, like, 50 years later, So it's kind of strange, but when I was 18 to 23, I'm telling you, I struggled with being effective and resonating with what God was doing in my life in that very moment, because I was so focused on what I might be in the future. In fact, I remember going, I mean, again, I I remember going to college and being in chapels and church scenarios like this. And I just remember like, man, my prayer was like, God, just help me get there. And it just, God kept reminding me like, no, just be present here. And even with that message, it was so difficult to live out because the enemy I'm telling you is trying to disconnect you from your reality today. To be who God's called you and to work through you in your context. Now, from this past passage, I do think there's some real concepts that we should be pretty serious about and and just be aware of. And and, and I like just making you aware of what the enemy's tactics are. There's three other tactics that I kind of want to break down. We can see this in the scripture. Number one, the antichrist or the enemy or antichrist want to do is they want to decommit you. They really—they want to disconnect you to the things that you should be holding onto with all of your. Strength And so therefore, you're here today, but you might be gone tomorrow. And and I'm just telling you, there are certain circumstances and issues that will arise in your life. And what the enemy wants to whisper to you is this, is like, hey, you don't have to stay here. You don't have to stay faithful. You don't have to be committed to this church. I know it's full of issues. Just get up and Run. That's what the enemy wants to do is he wants for you to be maybe here today, but he's sure trying to convince you to go out and find a better pasture, to find a better scenario, to find better friends, to better, find a better pastor, to find a better worship leader, to find a better ministry, whatever it might be. And I'm just trying to tell you like, like that's what the enemy does. Number two, the enemy wants you to believe lies. And let me say it like this. He wants to deceive you Oh, so gently. In, in illustration, I have a boat, and, 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 and if I'm sitting there out in the middle of the lake and we're just swimming, I might drop an anchor. And, and I can just tell you this. I can so easily unanchor the boat that no one on that would even realize that they have been detached. And that's what the enemy does. He wants to come in so softly and so gently and lead you in very small steps, just take a slight turn off the path. That's what the Antichrist does. That's what Antichrist do. He d- disconnects you, he unanchors you from the big T truth. Number three, the enemy wants you to believe hook, line, and sinker that Jesus is away. That Jesus is a way and he's not the way. And uh, the Bible clearly displays, in fact, Jesus says it. He says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And I know that's anti-cultural and I know some of you might carry a different theology coming into this place, but it's hard for me to read what Jesus uh, what Jesus says and how he lives and believe that there's some in-between line when he states that. In fact, I simply believe this is you believe of everything and all of who Jesus says he is or you can't believe anything at all. Because he is the truth or he is the lie. The greatest deception known to mankind. I'm telling you, the enemy, what he wants to do, again, he just wants to so gently deceive you to go down a path, understanding that maybe there's multiple ways. And, and again, we may not completely fathom and understand that in a completion, but maybe we're not supposed to understand it completely. So some of you are like, man, Andy, I'm really glad I came to church today. This is a really uplifting message. You know, it feels like my life is about to crumble. You know? And I, I, just, I just want to remind you that there are a few promises in this scripture. And, and within those promises, there are some hope. And there's hope to be found. And, and I love it in verse 20. And I'd love for you to memorize that in 1 John 2.20. Is this you have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. You have an anointing from the Holy One that you might know all truth. God sent the Holy Spirit to not navigate all these hard questions in the end times times, and to, to, to persevere through the enemy's attack alone, but he sent his Holy Spirit for you to have a relationship with him so that you might have a helper. The Holy Spirit is promised to anoint you with his presence so that you might overcome whatever is sent your way. Let me say it like this, the anointing. What is it? It's an overflow of the Holy Spirit and his presence and the reality of him so that you might be able to overcome whatever is sent your way. That's the promise. That's the promise that that you don't have to do this alone. Isaiah 41.10 says this, fear not for I am with you. Someone say amen. amen. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So you have the ability to know truth. You have the ability to be anchored in truth and you be able to navigate any kind of circumstance or situation that is thrown your way. Yes, we may be surrounded by the Antichrist, the people that are heading in the opposite direction of Jesus. But guess what? The Holy Spirit is meant to be with you so that you might be able to follow Jesus with faithfulness. Someone say amen and say, I believe. The second promise is this, is eternal life. Verse 25 says this, and this is what he promised us, eternal life. That's what God promised. Not only does he promise that the Holy Spirit is with us now in our present circumstance or situation or lifestyle or struggle or temptation, but God promises eternal life. But here is another tactic of the enemy. It's the same. It's the same with the end time and and striking fear and, 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 and reminding us how much we don't really understand. He does this with us when it comes to eternal life. He shifts our focus so far forward that we forget that God has called us to bring eternal Eternity to our situation right now. Jesus teaches his disciples this. Pray that his kingdom would come, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth now as, a, as it is in heaven. One of the biggest misunderstandings of our spirituality and Christianity and eternity is believing that eternity is something then when it's meant to be something Now. And if we're going to miss the point, we're going to miss the hope, then what we start doing is we start looking forward to the future place when really it's supposed to be meant to be a present, presence now. The hope in promise is eternity now that God desires for us to experience the good life now and not just later. And lastly, as I close and the band can come up as we begin to position our heart to respond to the message and let the holy spirit continue his work within us Uh, the last talking point is a reminder god reminds us to remain in him see what you have to see here is this is an invitation for us to remain in him It's really an indictment against our propensity to not remain in him. So God feels the need to remind us that we need to remain in him because God is this great shepherd and I can guarantee you that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you, that he's not looking at you in a judgmental way, but that he's looking over you and watching you and loves you and is concerned for you, wants to provide that hope and that peace. But what we do is this, is whatever our feelings are, whatever we're being led down, it is so easy to turn away and not remain in the presence and not to remain in the presence that God has ordained from the beginning of time. So today, it's a simple reminder to remain in God. Verse 27 and 28 says this, remain in him. And now, dear children, again, I'm so thankful that he, he reminds us to, that we're dear children, that we're not a failure, we're, we're not less than, we're not enough. But he reminds us that we are his dearly beloved children. It says, continue in him so that when he ap- appears, that we may be confident and unashamed before him as and at his coming. See, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Bible says we will be gathered in the clouds with him one day, and I don't know how that is or why that is or when that is, but I know this is Jesus has the desire to come back, and what he wants to find is this, is he wants to find a church. He wants to find a person. He wants to find the family that remains in him, no matter the temptation, no matter the pull, no matter the convincing, no matter the culture, no matter the temptation. He wants to find the person that's says no matter what I am going to remain in you God I submit as they were singing that song what came to my heart is this, this God not only do I submit I commit to you and as I think about that word commit I think about about a gym membership right or think think of something like that and I was just thinking about the the nuances of what a membership at a gym would entail and I was just thinking about a church and how they're really you know I mean they're different but yet similar and I was just thinking like in order to go to a gym like and to like stick with it beyond February you kind of got to muster some a little bit of passion up right like, you got to be passionate about, like, what's going on there. you got to be kind of careful about your body or concerned about it. And so that's one of the things. And then a passion, if you're really passionate about something, it eventually leads you to a place of study. And study is just this picture of understanding. And the same thing happens at the gym, happens with the church. And, and, and you begin to study, and you want to know more about God and who you are and who He is and what He has purposed for your life and then when you figure that out or you're kind of in the process of figuring it out all of a sudden the calendar becomes a concern because whatever you're committed to you put on the calendar come on somebody like I know you sports parents out there like Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday and weekend tourneys come on somebody like you put that on the calendar because it matters and I'm just telling you like the church is meant to be that it's meant to be this place of commitment that you don't only just give your time, but guess what? In that commitment, you receive back what God wants to give you. He wants to refill you. He wants to overflow you in your commitment areas. And then there's, three, there's two other things when it comes to a gym membership. Like in order to be a part of a gym, you've got to invest in the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know. I've never found a gym that I'm really, like, really into that I don't pay anything for because it's probably not very good. And I'm just saying, like, maybe it's a reminder for some of you. You're like, man, I don't really get the tithe. I don't really understand. In fact, I don't really think it's a biblical principle. Well, I'm going to challenge you. Maybe it's part of the big T truth, but sir, somehow you've been walking the other way thinking like, no, that doesn't apply to me. Let me just say it like this. I had this drop in my heart. This is for somebody. I don't know who you are. Like the tithe, you can never tithe on your time. You can only give an offering on your time there is a principle here that, that that I just think like someone needs to be reminded, like like the investment into the church body, into the body of Christ, that God is ordained for the beginning of time. And again, I know you can watch videos and people can explain that away, but maybe what if that's truth? And then, lastly, if you're a part of a membership, and the best part of the membership is this is not you becoming fit. And, uh, you know getting swell or whatever it is you know becoming an Instagram influencer showing off your pipes Nixon but uh, it's uh, it's the community you find at the gym the like minded They're like hey when you're not really feeling it you get the phone call and someone comes and supports you and someone just starts paying back you know what I'm saying it's, 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 it's worth more than the membership and, and I don't know I'm just kind of thinking about that like 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 And again, like I don't, like I really don't think any of us are the Antichrist here. Okay, okay, I really, I really don't. Like some of you at my first service, maybe people might think that because I didn't say this. But maybe we've got some characteristics, and for some of us, maybe we've been picking and choosing, and maybe we've been deceived. Also gently off the path, and maybe today is about a recommitment to say, God, you know what? I don't really completely understand it, but I am all in, and I'm going to take you at your word Jesus today we uh, I don't pretend that this is an easy answer an easy topic but you wrote it and today we hear it and today God I just ask that you would help us apply it not in some judgmental way but in a response to the great love and the presence of your peace and your hope and your love that you have overflowed upon us. God, I just sense there are some people in this room today, God, they come in here with fear. They come in here with baggage. They come in here with preconceived ideas. And God, I just ask that you would just, just wash you would wash the jar from the inside out. Got to, and I think for the most, most of us that are here, like, you want to remind us that your Holy Spirit is here and he's our helper. Spirit to speak to us today. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Remind us that you are here, you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. Remind us and show us how we can be your conduit conduit to bring heaven to earth. That we'll be focused. And we would remain in your presence. And we'd live out the purpose that you have for us. And God, I just ask that you would help us recommit. Not 90%, not 95%, not 50%, but 100. And say, God, we're going to take you at your word. You are the way. You are my truth and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Echo Church, we we stand up every week? We pray this prayer as a reminder that we have to recommit to Jesus daily. I understand that there's some people that came in here. You feel far from God and you may have never prayed a prayer like this before. You may not have a relationship with Jesus, but he's sitting there at the edge of the seat and he's trying to get you to just simply receive his invitation to relationship, to renewal, to restoration. And I'm telling you, he wants to give you a purpose, but it starts with a heart that is surrendered. So church, can we pray this with someone that might pray this for the very first time, but let this be a reminder. May this not be lip service, but something we truly mean. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority amen let's take a few moments and allow the holy spirit to continue his work in us
2: That I'm far from innocent. The shackles I wear, I bought on my
1: Got some praise today. I love that song. That was great. Man, I just was thinking about this idea. We were talking about living in the future. I had this, we had these neighbors in Arizona, and she used to be so mad because her husband was so cheap, and he would, she'd say things like, well, I can't afford to do that now, but I'm going to have a gold-plated wheelchair in retirement. Just made me laugh a little bit. So I want to give a little freedom today. I want to give a little encouragement. I'm gonna start with this group over here. I want to talk to teenagers for just like one quick second. Adults ask you what you're gonna to go to college for or all those things because we aren't very good at small talk. It's not to put all this pressure on you. We're gonna to try to be better at asking better questions than just what do you want to be when you grow up or when you get a little older, who are you gonna marry? I'm sorry when we do that to you, when you're gonna have kids. I'm just sorry that we do this to people. But teenagers, guess what? You get to change your mind sometimes. You get to change majors. Who changed majors in college? Anybody? Because I like 16 times I think I changed. As soon as I saw something interesting. I just want to encourage you that God has given you the freedom to be who you have been called to be. And so just just a little encouragement. And you know what's funny is? The rest of the room goes, yeah, totally. Teenagers, man, you guys can be. And you know what we do? We go, but I'm this. This is who I am. And this is who I'm going to be. Guess what? Not the case. Today can be the day. We can take one step towards Jesus today and it makes all the difference. Today is the day I'm gonna be a better husband. Today's the day I wanna be a better dad. I wanna be a better Jesus follower. I wanna be a better driver starting today. Like it can happen. Just need a little freedom, like one step. But I think sometimes we underestimate the power of making a little bit of a decision to do something better. I read a book one time, it's talking about 1%. All you need to do is just like be 1% better and that's a life-changing amount. All right, that's a little bit of a rant, but it's just something on my heart today. So I want to give you guys some encouragement also. Those of you that said that prayer with us for the first time, it's just a step. It's a step towards Jesus, and we are proud of you for doing that, and we want to celebrate you today. Come on, let's celebrate those people. Those of you that came to a new church for the very first time today, we want to celebrate you as well. Give it up for those people. Come on.